0: Beacon Transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor with Outer Rim Transmission. This is episode number one zero two. And we are talking all about the Bad Batch finale season two, as well as season three, episode five for the Mandalorian. Getting into all that with Milton, with Ben. And yeah, it's been a while. Milton, how's it going, man? I know you we we haven't heard your thoughts quite yet on the on the recent Star Wars releases, but uh, how's life and everything?
1: Um, I mean, overall, life is good. Uh, today, my I might not be talking as much because I am dealing with a sickness. I'm trying to save my voice as much as possible. Yep. I'm going to try to push through this and talk about um, the episodes that we got of this past week. So I'm actually looking forward to my thoughts on them. But other than that, everything's good. Just been busy with life like always.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The man always on a mission. How's it going, Ben?
2: Good, good. I mean, it was a pretty good week overall. And it was a really good week for Star Wars, in my opinion. Like, you know, great. I think both episodes were very good as a kind of a little preview to my thoughts on them. But I think both were very good. And it was a, you know, really good week, I think, overall for Star Wars, especially since, you know, we had these awesome episodes. And then now we're leading into celebration next week.
0: Oh yeah, so much going on with celebration. Speaking of which you can catch my panel, the bounty Hunter, smugglers and gangsters, scum and villainy through the years panel over on Saturday at the convention, Saturday, April eighth, in the fan stage at six PM. Yeah, don't don't worry about that Clone Wars panel happening at five thirty. I mean, come on, like <laughs> we've we've already seen Clone Wars and we already know it's not going anywhere. It's it's done, it's over. Who who wants to go to a fifteen year anniversary? I mean, come on, it sounds boring, right? I mean Dave Floney, who cares about him, right? We're, we're we're talking about Bounty Hunters with some of the creatives in this space, including Ethan Sachs from Marvel Comics, writing the current Bounty Hunters comics, as well as Adam Christopher, who wrote the awesome New York Times best-selling book, Shadows of the Sith, also, also with the co-owner of Fanthatrax, one of the biggest Star Wars fan websites around the globe. His name is Matt Booker, as well as some of my good friends over at Star Wars Underworld, podcast that is Dominic Jones and Kieran Duggan so yeah we have this entire team ready to talk to you guys ready to gloat about the underworld of the Star Wars universe so why wouldn't you want to go to that if you're there on Saturday so yeah you can go ahead and check that out I will be moderating that panel hopefully I see as many of you guys there as well but if you can't make it to the convention I am going to be recording the entire panel So I will have that available whenever I get back. I'm going on a two-week hiatus over there. So speaking of which, yeah, this will be the last show we'll be doing for a couple weeks. I will be back in the middle of April. So we'll see what we can do there. All right. So we had two episodes to break into this week. Well, first off, I will just say what came out this week. We had Jabba's Palace issue number one as well as the High Republic issue number seven and the Blade number 4 a review for all those on the channel. You can go check it out. I know I'm going very quickly, very truncated version of this opening show because we have so much to get to and so little time. Uh, For those of you that are watching this video, you can always listen to us on any podcast app of your choice. Just search Outer Room Transmission. And if you're listening to us and want to Basically, take part in the chat and hang out with us here every Friday night. We go live over on YouTube.com slash StarRaptor. Go ahead, hit that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell icon so you'll be notified notified the moment we go live every Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern. There you go. So getting right into it, cutting to the chase. We had the Bad Batch, guys, and and this has been interesting. This has been a very interesting journey because – Every week we get on here and we talk about not just one, but two Star Wars shows. In the case of this week, we're talking technically about three episodes of Star Wars shows here. So we're going to first start off with the Bad Batch Season 2 finale. This one is called uh, The Summit for Episode 15 and Episode 16, Plan 99. In this episode, we have just everything culminating. All the clones are starting to figure out. Or at least we're trying to dig into what is happening with these clones. It's been a backstory the whole time. Um, and we're trying to figure that out. We get a little bit of crosshair. We got a lot with Omega and a lot of action involving just a bunch of different characters there. So I'm going to throw over to Milton. What did you think about this? We're going to talk about both these episodes as if they're one. Because I don't even know why they separate them. This should have just been episode 15 for 45 minutes. But anyway, I'll throw it your way, Milton. Uh, first impressions on this episode.
1: Like the finale. It was really, really good. I, I, I say this any time we get an episode like this. This is what the show should have been all season. All season. And I, I loved how he, the tone was consistent in both episodes. Um, I love the characters being pushed in a way that we've never seen them be pushed before. I think we, and I know we're going to get into spoilers a little bit, and uh, obviously, we all knew the whole Sid bullshit was going to happen. We knew he was going to turn on them. I think we actually said it like weeks ago. I think mm-hmm. it might have been ben that might have said or whatever might have said like, "Hey, Sid's probably going to turn on these guys because when, whenever that guy
2: foreshadowed him, whenever that yeah, guy, whenever that villain foreshadowed him, yeah, yeah, I
1: think it was like episode like was that episode two maybe or episode four or whatever Something it was." Like but it's like, I think we were like, yeah, we saw that coming because you can clearly see they want to phase away from her. And the only way they're going to do that is she turns on them. So, again, I, I love I loved the, the sacrifice that was made. And you kind of foresaw that whenever you saw um, Wanda Sykes' character flirt with that particular character. Yeah. Saying that, hey, like, you know, we, we aren't just talking. So it was like, okay, something could happen to this character. Um, I, I just love the overall essence of the way this episode looked, how it felt, how it sounded. And again, this should have been the entire season. I feel like the last, I was on the show last week, even last week's episode, which was the crosshair episode, from my understanding, correct? When no. We try to escape.
2: No.
1: That was a good episode too. Like literally these last three episodes were really, really good. And it's like wow, what potential show could have been if it was consistently like this? I know we're just talking about the phallic Finale tonight. My last point is, goes back to a point I made before, but this show, or this season, has been strictly about failure. Like, literally, they fail again. It's like, that's been a consistent theme, and I love how they kept to that because, Hopefully season four is where they get to redeem themselves and obviously, you know, come back from how things tragically ended with this finale.
0: Yeah, very well said. Uh, A lot of things that we're going to be breaking down specifically over to you, Ben. What were your first thoughts on this episode or these two episodes, this finale?
2: Well, I mean, Milton, as as, as, you know, very often so on here, Milton pretty much took all of my points I was going to make, actually, word for word, pretty much um yeah like i can agree with like literally everything you just said milton like the the season or these this finale was was really good um if this show would have been like this the entire time we would we would have been saying this was one of the best seasons of star wars animation we've seen in a long time um since rebels probably so you know it's just it's hard to it's so hard to gauge a lot of things with this show just because it's like it's like a roller coaster, but at this moment just for the finale specifically, I think it was really good. The the stakes were high, the sacrifices that were made were really um really well done. There were some definitely some intriguing and interesting decisions to say the least, especially the way the uh, the the finale ended, I would say. Um and then Yeah, I just think overall it was a really good way to end the season and to wrap it. And then, you know, the fact that both episodes were good, that was important because it it did make me a little nervous going into it because I was like, oh, man, if they're releasing both episodes, does that mean the first episode of the two is going to be kind of like, you know, not great? But the first episode was was really good as well. So it's good that both episodes were consistent in tone and i'm really happy i think they succeeded they kind of like stuck the landing on the finale at least and i'm i'm actually unlike season one you know we we all can go back to like season one but when we finished season one it was like i mean my i mean my thoughts were i'm not excited for the next season i'm not i wasn't excited whatsoever for season two it was like man this kind of stinks like how they did a lot of these things yeah and then now it's like i'm actually i don't know about you milton um, and then we'll go to Chris. But like, I don't know about you, but like, for me, anyways, I'm excited for season three. Actually, yeah,
1: no, and that, and that's the thing. Like, just because how it ended, you know, with 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 how they, honestly, like we we now know there's a direction for this show. It, literally, like the last three episodes clearly showed. Okay, what season four needs to be. If, if I'm Dave Filoni and his creative team, if if I'm predicting this correctly. I assume that most fandoms who are watching this particular show and enjoyed the last few episodes are probably saying, oh, yes, this is what we wanted. I'm glad we're seeing this. This is pushing the narrative of the Empire, the clones, the, the, uh, the Emperor, his agenda, everything. Hopefully, season four can pay that off. If, if, there's, if the fans are saying that on social media or whatever, and Lucasfilm and Dave's hearing that, then that's what season four should be. Because when you have a clear, consistent narrative, again, consistent narrative, the show is so much better. Yeah. And especially when it's about the Empire and what they're doing. That's when the show thrives, in my opinion. Well, so, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to season four now. Now, it, it's probably going to make me mad because be the, <laughs> the, the premiere is going to be Sid down me no i'm out
2: <laughs> like, i'm done <laughs> well well here's something to throw out there too guys um real quick um so an uh, interesting thing our you know our friend hannah from the ray side she pointed out this week a lot of the actually the really good episodes that we've enjoyed this year have been written by the same writer actually if you guys didn't pick up on that so that that's why there's a consistency on a lot of those really good episodes Wow, I, I didn't like I I didn't realize I,
1: I assumed well I assumed kind of like what Jon Favreau does with Mandalorian you yep. know writes a majority of the episodes with some of the people filling in I mean they're sixteen yep. compared to eight so if he yep. can't write all sixteen like still though like that, that whoever that writer is and I'll I'll go and look yep. it's, it's um, like we we need that person yeah. to to obviously not be the showrunner. Be somewhat kind of like the Kevin Feige of like, of the of the narrative. I guess or I guess the Pablo Hidalgo of, of the storytelling aspect of like keeping it consistent. Um, because again, like th- those episodes, anything about the Empire, anything about the clones, it's good. Like I've always been locked in, and I didn't. I barely looked at my phone watching those episodes because I was like, oh shit. I'm like I didn't see that coming, or and that's that's different. Yep.
0: Yeah, if you guys want to chat for a little bit, we're having tech difficulties. I'm just trying to get people's frames in, and I have a hard time talking <laughs> while I'm doing now it. No, I got so. you. Well, no, hey, listen, <laughs> so, I, I get yeah, I'm it. i not doing much know, talking tonight yeah, just because of this reason. Oh,
2: oh, Jennifer Corbett, she was the one who wrote a lot of those really good episodes and was like one of the lead um creatives right. on several of the episodes. So, you know, if we oh. could get more of her doing a lot of these episodes, I would be all in for it Like because, you know, her direction was really good, I believe. Right. No. And and yes. If, if
1: that's the case, then I'm all about it too. Just because, yeah. again, I I would say episode. Did she write episode three? Um. No. So I. I mean. Episode, I, or
2: which I, one? Which she, one she was? A... Let me check.
1: Go yeah, on, there was on, one, one. I I know. I know. Like the Palpatine episode where he shows up. The, the Chewie stuff. Um. The crosshair stuff. Yep. Um. You know. Any. Anything. Anything with the clones potentially rebelling. Those are the best episodes and obviously the last three were fire um you know, one, one, one thing i take away from this finale is that you know star wars when they want to knows how to pull in the audience and, and get us wanting more when they want to i felt like throughout this season they weren't doing that although they'll, they'll drop put some 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 isms in there where they will say, oh yeah, here's something here, here's something there, but they weren't consistently doing it. And I feel like the last three episodes were consistently say, hey, we want more, we want more, we want more. Like this felt like a true Star Wars, you know, narrative story, whatever being pushed. Like it, it felt great. Like I was very pleased with what I was watching. Oh I yeah. Hopeful. And and now I'm hopeful that the reveal that we got with you know the the the, the sister yep. Um, i'm hoping to see how that plays out again i i kept saying it you know this is about palpatine hopefully we get more palpatine in bad batch at least we don't we don't got to see him in every episode just let's see him talk about his plans here or there but yeah i just want to see him a couple times you know it, it's it's cool I think, to see where this show is going hopefully
2: oh yeah i think i think an idea a really cool idea that they could take from Andor, even surprisingly you know how i feel about that show but i think what they should do with with palpatine is you could easily incorporate him into this stuff you, you don't even have to go to coruscant just give us a scene just like in andor when um when uh when cyril's eating breakfast with his mom watching the news give us a scene like on the news where the bad batch are like in a bar or or in a public place, and there's like a Palpatine public address on TV, like even just yeah. something like that to like raise right. the stakes and raise raise like our characters' awareness and overall like you know view of Palpatine being around, basically, no, or like I, I you know him eliminating maybe him like announcing something to like turn in all the clones or or whatever you know, and then then it could raise the stakes for our main characters, like you know, with them being on the run or something. I agree. Um, um. Well, with that even being said, like, I-
1: I'll guess we'll get into some spoiler, I guess, with this episode as Chris is still working on. Yeah, that's fine. Part of things like uh, the the best part I like about this whole finale was. I love I love the heist. I, I love that they were or well, not the heist. I love that it was them trying to infiltrate e- the the not the mountain. What was it called? It was like that, like pea looking mountain that they were
2: on. Yeah. um I can't I think of the name of it. It, it, It's it's right. first of all okay it's a okay dope. okay.
0: So that place is awesome because that place is called Iriadu and Iriadu. Okay, is, the, is Moff Tarkin's freaking homeworld. Yeah, it's and so. that that's see, and that's
1: and that's what I was thinking because I remember hearing it before. Now now that you said, I'm thinking, man, I've heard this planet and I yeah. felt it was close to Tarkin. Um, which first of all, we got to see Tarkin. We got to see yes. Krennic.
0: Krennic?
1: I did not. I I, I did not Dude, expect that.
0: I know they were trying to plant his um cameo in rebels at some point at least i heard they were and i I did not expect krennic
1: to be in it but it makes sense though Mm -hmm. and again and and it it was subtle it wasn't like it was over the top and this is where and i watched hannah's video about uh she talked about um mandalorian about or not mandalorian um uh bad batch about how the cameos were used very good this, this season it's like she's right because krennic like he just made a subtle. he's like what do you call? Nah, now he wasn't he wasn't director Krennic yet was he commander or general something, Krennic? he's like, general, yeah, it was something Gen, like that. general Krennic. he's like, you know, tell us about Project Stardust, yeah, and it was like, oh wait, we know what Stardust is great tie in into Rogue one, so it's like, all right, like that's a great cameo, and he did speak for a little bit at first, I thought it was uh I thought it was the actual voice actor. I don't think it was the guy that played him in the in the live action uh, Mendelssohn. Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, uh, Chris, we can't hear you. You're muted.
0: It was Ben Mendelssohn. I can't believe that was he it, actually... Was it Ben Mendelsohn? Yeah. Was it him?
1: Oh, oh I didn't. I minutes, guess I not
0: so... Always look at the I, credits. I, I didn't...
1: No, no, I, I didn't think it was him, because I tried to listen. I'm like, that's not him. No, but, it,
0: hey, it, it, <laughs> they fooled me. They brought they, it they back back me, for, but... like, one line. I couldn't believe that Lucasfilm would do that. I was like, you couldn't have just Unless, hired yeah.
2: Unless they had spare lines from Rogue One.
1: Exactly. But, I mean, other than, I mean, I love the cameos. I love that mountain that they were trying to infiltrate. I love the whole, them riding the, like, light rail, whatever they call that rail. Saw Guerrero, And, yeah, and Saw Saul Saul Guerrero popping up, like, out of nowhere, which, again, now, I that that one was kind of like, eh, do we need Saw in it? Because he, he did, he served his purpose. We could have used any rebel, but I guess it's like, well, Saw Guerrero and how things <laughs> played out. It's, but 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 honestly, when I thought about, it, I'm thinking, well, Saul Guerrero, he just has his own mission. He doesn't care about anyone else except for his mission. So he knows. Yeah. So it made it made sense whenever they said, "Don't blow this. We need to get blah yeah. blah 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 blah." Oh, He's like, "I don't care. I'm so blowing it." Then
0: and then he blows it, and then,
1: no, and, then, it oh, and, then and then obviously you know tech happens to go, which makes sense how Saul's mind is. He's like, "Listen, yeah. people will die.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: that that's part of war." Yeah. So it, yeah. it makes sense now that I think about it. Like Saul Guerrero would be that linchpin. So how Bad Bad to lose one of their own eventually.
0: Yeah, because we see, and I'll give my my first impressions here. Sorry everybody that was listening to audio. I was on the video end of things. Um, Discord, uh, full disclosure: we use Discord, OBS, window capture, and it keeps blanking out the images, videos for some reason. I, I don't know if it's a video card thing or what, but. We're going with it. So, yeah, my first impressions of the episodes were uh, this is how you culminate a season. Uh, We've been kind of up and down on the season. We'll, we'll talk about our overall season thoughts because we might as well do that in this video, too, because we're not going to have an opportunity to do that for like three or four weeks. By the time no one's going to really care anymore. Or at least people aren't going to be talking about Bad Batch and want to listen to stuff as much because we'll be talking about Celebration News. So, But, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that this episode felt a lot like Star Wars Rebels. And even the last episode felt like Star Wars Rebels because it's like, oh, they're actually going against the Empire. There's all this Imperial iconic. I I can never pronounce that word. Iconography. Iconography. Like like the way the lights are in the walls, the way it's like stark on the bases of stark gray colors, like the dull kind of metals. Like all that kind of Iconography is is just all over this episode and going into there and, and seeing what's happening with with this imperial summit like all oh, the worst people of the empire okay what's your project you're working on oh i'm just sacrificing clones to basically save the empire the emperor after death and what's your project oh i'm creating this thing called the death star which is going to obliterate planets oh what's your like what's the other guy working on you know it's, it's it's been it's really cool to see like the infancy of the empire and and what they're working on and all and all that good stuff but just the adventure itself and to I put this out on Twitter about the overall stakes of the show have really gone up because now we've lost a member of bad batch. Can you tell me any star Wars animated series where they lost somebody this early on? I mean, yes, we lost Canon jars, but it was like the end of star Wars rebels when that happened. And this is happening in the second season. And it feels like the dark times. Like, at this point, there shouldn't be much hope in the galaxy because we are right after *Vengeance of the Sith. We're not going to get that hope until Rogue One, essentially, or at least a little bit until Rebel. So to see that this show can really go places, and we've seen that a few times with some people some people committing suicide for the cause of the Empire, and now somebody sacrificing themselves in the namesake of Clone 99 who died on Kamino. Like, all this crazy stuff where it's pretty dark. This is literally the dark times, and we're seeing it before our own eyes. We're seeing things connect with Sid. Why wow, that was important. I just love it. And and we'll talk more about it in Mandalorian. Mandalorian's doing the same exact thing this this week as well with connections. And uh, yeah, so I thought this was was really, really good.
2: I I do want to throw out there real quick, while you were talking and explaining that, Chris, actually um Milton, it kind of like goes a. Ag- A little bit against our, like, Saul Guerrera cameo thing, where it's like, you know, like, like you said, like I said, any, any, you know, those are the type of situations where it's like, that could be any rebel extremist. Like, why does it have to be Saul? But it makes sense, actually, now that Chris, like, talked through that more and I thought about it more, like, it makes sense Saul would be there because all the high Imperials are there, you know? So, like, that actually, that actually, that actually plays better because... Sometimes when we get cameo, I mean, luckily Star Wars lately in general, I think the last, I mean, few years really has they've been pretty good on cameos. Like the cameos have made sense, like, like so. I think that's a um, that's a very good cameo. I mean, I think just to throw out there for for our our, our uh, listeners real quick, a, an example of a bad cameo in my opinion is anakin should not have built c-3po i think that's a very bad connection like i I think that's a bad connection bad cameo i'm not a fan of that because like it's like uh, that's a little on the nose but this this is like a perfect cameo actually because it makes sense like saul would want to take out all the heads of the empire basically because if he would have succeeded i mean it could have potentially like crippled the empire like losing all of their top guys
0: yeah, it's it's very interesting in that whole sequence. You didn't know what way it was gonna go. They maybe they could have found yeah. Tantus, but we don't know that 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 information. So it's even more frustrating for the viewer in that moment to be like, "Oh my gosh, this this other rebel patriot is gonna completely screw over the plan because of his brazenness to just go head on with the Empire right now." It's like, no, dude, no. He could have fixed everything, and right. this is what happens. This is why Mad Mothma hates Saul Guerrero for yeah. these reasons.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, he's he is, you know, and we want to speak of consistency. They did a good job at making that character consistent. in This particular episode, and overall, like from live action to animation, I've, I think I think they've done a really good job at showing me continuously insane mind of Saul, and as he as he continues to just like say hey hell with this i'm just doing what's best for for my people myself my agenda and for the rebellion because i mean we all know he don't know he, he's trying to do the right thing stopping the empire it's how he's going about it that's not always the best oh
0: yeah oh yeah so so getting back to Board Mantel, and we see what's happening with Sid. What was your, what was your reaction? We kind of called this. I was hearing you guys talk. Over... We did. We called it. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's
1: trash. Like it's it's trash. Yep. I wonder I mean, if we'll it's... ever see
0: her again. You know. If her are uh, dressed I'm, like that, or maybe not, maybe we'll never see her again. Dude, just see, kill her. Like,
1: honestly, just kill her. Like, I, listen, I just kill her. Like, I I see. legit said that to myself. I'm like, just kill sit off. No one cares about her. If <laughs> if I'm hunter,
2: I'm cutting her head off,
1: dude. It's over.
2: Yeah. You, see you <laughs> cause us to lose. Yep. See, this is the thing I'm scared about, guys. I, I don't know about you. I don't want to say it because it's hard to like put this out there into the ether because then it, I could see it happening. But couldn't we see the start of this coming season, the the, the crew going, We need information. Uh, we have nobody. We gotta go back to Sid. And then Sid's like, I'll give you information if you do this. And it's like, here we are. We gonna get into the same spiral. That's what I'm t- terrified about. Cause it's like, please don't go in that direction. I'm begging you, bad batch, because like I could see the show going in that direction, because how else are they gonna get info? And you know, Rex, they're not with Rex. So it's just like, I just, I don't know. It it gives me, gets me a little bit anxious to say the least going into next season.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as far as what you think will, let's think about the reaction of what's going on with um, the sister now. We got this character that is claiming she is the sister of Omega. What do we think is going I mean, on here? I mean like
1: I don't know. I mean it, it's if it pays off then I'm cool with it, but if it I feel like I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Just because it was like, "Eh, it, like if if why do you need Omega then?" Yeah. Like if if that's your, Now, now I don't know if that other doctor knows cuz I feel like this doctor, the the sister doctor, she Keeps telling Crosshair just cooperate. If you do, it won't be pain. It won't be painful. Blah blah blah. So maybe there's like a hidden agenda, and maybe they're trying to throw us off by how she's acting. Personally, mm. I-, I don't. F- I I didn't care. Like I was like, oh okay, that's her sister. All right. But then it's like, why do you need Omega then? You no, know, yep. if she if she's a clone too. So again, I don't know. They're they're smarter
2: people I than think me. Maybe
0: that's part of the mystery. Maybe maybe they're holding back information. Maybe she is some kind of. Force-sensitive clone that we haven't seen. Well, we haven't really seen much of any of that, but, like, you're so, right. Nah, that, that I don't, I don't makes, buy that. But it's like, why? what makes her unique, then? There's something about it.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, like if she... Because she didn't even whisper it. She's like, oh, I'm your sister. You know, whatever. Now, again, I don't know if these rooms are recorded. They're being videotaped. So I assume this do- other doctor have to know that someone's watching him. Especially if this is a high-value target, think about it. Meg is a high-value target, so the Empire is going to be watching her. So, why would you say that information, knowing that she's being watched? Uh, again, I, I assume that the Empire already knows that this other doctor's a clone. So,
2: yeah, I think. See, it's it's such a tough one. Like for me, like my initial reaction to to that scene, I was just like. Oh, okay. Like, I didn't think it was a bad ending to the season. I just was like, oh, that's, that's an interesting way to end the season. Okay. Exactly. Just, that's exactly what like, I said. I'm like, oh, that's like, interesting. Yeah. I was just like, it wasn't like a, whoa, like, you know, Darth Vader, I'm your father. It was like, okay, that's, that's cool. Um, But like for me with her, I think there's a couple options. You have one, the reason she's so much older, she's just like an accelerated clone, like a clone trooper would be. So she's like aging mm-hmm. faster. Yep. And then my other, like, idea on it is I think maybe what they're going for is they want to be able to clone and keep... I mean, we're all working with the premise. I mean, um, I'm not sure about you guys, but I feel like a lot of people are working with the premise. This is all for Snoke slash Palpatine. So Palpatine can, like, basically live forever or whatever. So, like, basically... My thing with this is, I think they're trying to figure out Omega because they want to crack the code of the whole just cutting off the um, the de aging thing, like just like basically, you know, kind of be kind of how like Boba Fett is, like aged normally. Like I think that's what they're working toward. Like maybe it's that, so like they could create a clone for Palpatine that would be normally aging. So then they would always have that thing to like basically keep using. I think that's the direction they're heading with it, because if not, I don't know what else they would be using Omega for, because I don't, I don't know if we've really seen any signs or symptoms that she's force sensitive just yet anyways, Mm. so I don't, I don't think it'll go in that direction, um, and then it's just, one thing also that popped into my mind, I don't know, I'm not sure about, um, you guys, but like, when they said the whole, I'm your sister thing, I was like, man... They like dropped the Boba Fett brother storyline really quickly. i was about like, to say, well, like, like holy Boba right smokes. there. I was about say, well, Boba, like
1: he's he's just as special as Omega. So it's like he wasn't genetically but, altered to the, the age accelerated. But
2: well. I guess the Empire wouldn't know that. I mean, potentially, right?
1: Right. Well, 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 they they should because Django, you no, know, yeah, Django. I mean, like they, he, Boba was tight with the with the Kaminoans too.
2: Oh yeah, that's so, like true. They didn't know him.
1: There, yeah, they did know him. That's so it's tough. like, it, so so Nala Sue should have known, like, oh Boba's out there. So because at this point, Boba Fett would only be in his what early
2: early thirties? No, twenties. being in his in his twenties. He'd he'd be like so maybe. Like, I mean, think about it. In Clone Wars, he was only still kind of a kid. So this is only a few years Clone after. Wars. He'd be like twenty years old, probably. He'd probably be in yeah, like his got- early bounty hunter years. Yes, so it's like, I don't then know, again, it, it's, I mean, then it's, again, it's weird, maybe, it's yeah, it's it's definitely weird, but then again, maybe at this point, like, the Empire is probably like, hey, I don't know, we can't go after, like, the galaxy's, like, top bounty hunter or something, I don't know, you know what I mean, yeah. like, like, I don't know, it's kind of like that built-in, like, in-universe thing, like, would Boba really turn himself in to, like, help them out? No. Like, I don't know, it's tricky um yeah but so, oh, go ahead. oh go on chris sorry i thought you cut out for a second i was like uh-oh.
0: no i did kind of cut out for a second um okay continue yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is the show here i know um <laughs> i like the music the music was great um yep yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah the music was well done so this was this was a really good really good score um is this kevin kiner who's done the music still
0: yeah mm-hmm
1: fire like i mean kevin Kiner kills it like I mean, it's a given um the visual dude i tell you what man i know this is animation god damn like the the visuals look good like in these last three episodes they've killed it on the visuals like without question it's like it's like why we, we need if, if they're gonna do a luke series animation style put mm-hmm. like this because I, i'll be fine with it because it looks so good you're right. Give, I give mean, me a,
0: they're the best give in the business.
1: Give me a three to four a three to four season loop series animated if this Clone War style of animation. If you want to upgrade it some more, I'm all about it. Dude, it looks amazing. Like it looks so good. And even like the violence, can we talk about the violence of this of these last two episodes? I'll yep. go even three. The violence throughout these last three episodes have been significantly know increased and I love how this show remember how clone Wars the first couple seasons like was very like kid violence and yeah. how they killed people and, and 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 I put it this way those viewers at the time who were kids who started show aged with those viewers Yep, I think I think this show in particular especially the last couple seasons done a really good job at continuously aging with the viewership because I think they understand like Guys who are in their twenties or early thirties,
0: mm-hmm.
1: even mid thirties, to say, "Hey, they watched Clone Wars ten years, twelve years ago, so the violence to them should be upped." So I love it. I love how it's still like, still there. It's not graphic, but it's it's graphic enough to say, "Oh, damn! I didn't expect them to just get shot in the face," you know, or like yeah. you know, just how how they how they executed yeah, it. So it, it, it looks good.
0: It's interesting because, like, certain shots they were using like regular blaster file, but other shots they were using yes. sunblasts. I was like, huh? It's kind of Yeah.
1: Weird. Like, I mean, people get shot in the chest, you see the holes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, like, it's like, damn. Like, you uh-huh. know, or I remember the one of the Clone Wars episodes when Anakin, remember when they were uh, with uh, Satine when they first met her? Anakin stabbed the guy yeah. in the chest with the saber. And I'm like, whoa, that was like season three, I think? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, that's crazy.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clone Wars. Clone Wars went far on some of that stuff, and like you know, this show's taken that cue of kind of like getting a little more violent and stuff. And you know, where it should be appropriately, it should be being a little. You know, it should be a little more violent when you're around the Empire. Like it shouldn't be just stun bolts and everything.
1: And and I I think that's a good point. I even think of it that way. The Empire would be more violent because you're mm-hmm. they they need they're going to have to kill them when they engage them.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so what I think we'll do is we'll give our scores for the finale and we'll talk, we'll talk like for 10 minutes about, or whatever, about the season as a whole and we'll give that a yeah. score as well. So I'll kick this one off. I'll just say, hey, um, you guys really hit the nail on the head. I think we're all in agreement this was a great episode and a great way to, to end the season, bringing all these different storylines together. We were really frustrated by the Sid storyline that paid off. We were kind of like, okay, what's happening with the clones over here? What's happening with uh, just everything with, with Mount Tantus, we got a good resolution on that, but that's still out there. Uh The whole thing with Omega, they were teasing that about her getting captured. She ends up getting captured. This is a very dark episode. This is like the Empire Strikes Back of Star Wars animation. You got somebody getting killed, somebody getting captured, uh big revelations. Basically, is Empire now that I'm talking about it. So, yeah, I got to <laughs> give this one. I think I got to give this a 9 out of 10, guys. Honestly, I enjoyed this finale more than season one finale i i Mm -hmm. think i have to say i mean there's really cool moments with the camino destruction but that episode ended off and i was just like oh like you guys were saying uh, this episode left me wanting more from season three more so than i wanting season two after Mm -hmm. season one so yeah nine out of ten for me what about you Ben?
2: um for me i can echo a lot of the same thoughts like like i mentioned um prior i you know when it comes to... Well, actually, for starters, we'll talk about... I'll mention this episode. This episode was really, really good. Like, it was a really nice way to end the end the show, to get us excited for the next season. I guess, I mean, maybe for not us, like, hard, hardcore Star Wars fans, but maybe, like, just, say, more of the casual Bad Batch viewers the 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 sister reveal at the end probably was like oh whoa like you know a little bit more exciting for like more casual people so i guess i could see it working there um but yeah setting that little reveal at the end aside like i think the overall episode was really good so for me the show has to be a nine out of ten i mean the the um yeah the finale has to be a nine out of ten and then like you said chris we'll get into more of our season thoughts
0: Mm mm-hmm what about you, be-
1: Milton? Um. Wow. I, this might be a first for us. I think uh, I might have the highest score here. Oh. When it comes to comparing, I think this is at least a nine point five.
0: Oh, nice.
1: No. I mean, and I could probably go higher. Just I, I thought the sister thing was kind of how they revealed it was kind of weak. Because especially, and, and I'll tie, I'll say it this way: if they would have planted some seeds about that doctor, say five episodes ago, about potentially her importance and what her role could be this it could have paid off better at the end just because we didn't really know who she is. It's like it's like it's, it's like in professional wrestling you, you, you want to get over a good guy or a baby face but if you don't build that character up, you not getting over with the fans. So it's to me that that was kind of weird to me how they try to do it it was like oh sister, so that kind of was weak for me. Other than that, though, I felt this these two episodes to me were very perfect in what they were structuring. Like, you know, you know me, guys. I'm very like, nah, most shit ain't perfect to me. Like, I'm going to question it. God Almighty, I legit was invested. That's the word I've been wanting to use tonight. Is invested. These last three episodes, Mm -hmm. I've been invested. It's like, oh my God, if we would have (laughs) been like this all season. I'd have been singing the praises because you know how much I love the animation of Star Wars. They do a consistent good job for the most part. I feel like with Bad Batch, in particular this season, it's like you have so much potential and it's like you wasted with the stupid Sid crap. <laughs> Get that out of here. This is a perfect – this is a really good season without the Sid stuff or without the unnecessary missions. So over other than that, 9.5. Love this episode. Looking forward to season four. Hopefully we get a good payoff in season four.
0: You mean season three?
1: Season three, Milton. Or, God, season three. I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking Mandalorian. Jeez. You are saying season, season three. four like,
2: Man, yeah, I, I, we're already going, going to
1: season four A Bad <laughs> <Yeah>. Batch. <laughs> Hopefully we get a, a payoff with season three <laughs> of Mando with what they set <laughs> yeah. up at the end of season two. So thank so, you.
0: Yeah, we got 9. People, 5, my, my head's messed yep. up because
1: I'm a little sick too, so.
0: it's all good but speaking of which let's 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 at least take some time talking about the season as a whole now we can look back really grade it accordingly now that we can see in hindsight so yeah there was lots of ups and downs even the premiere (laughs) didn't excite me i think i gave the premiere like a seven out of ten it was just like okay here's the clones here's here's what they're doing they're they're on a tropical planet they're doing this and uh that's about it that's the adventure and then we got a lot of these racing episodes or treasure hunting episodes and i mean you put it in perspective right you have mandalorian which is eight episodes you have bad batch which is double for 16 so there is gonna be i guess some dead space here and there not that they need to it's not you know synchronized cable anymore they don't have to do 16 episodes no one's making them do but here's the difference
1: though with that that chris and and I'm, i'm sorry to interrupt here's the difference with that it's not live action, so they have a lot more time to flesh out these mm-hmm. stories, like writing them out. Wise, yes, yes. Like, like live action, you got to shoot them differently, mm-hmm. scheduling's differently. Voiceover acting, you shoot them like a year in advance. Mm-hmm. You, you can make the adjustments probably more quicker. And again, I'm not, I'm not a director. I've never made anything, at nature. But it's like 16 episodes in animation can be done clear and concise. Like honestly, people are gonna laugh when I say this, but I've, I've been watching when I get the chance. I've been watching uh, Beware the Batman on HBO Max, that animated show, and that's only one season. That's like 26 episodes. The majority of those episodes are a clear, consistent story, and that's animation. And it's 26 episodes. Oh. So with six, with 16, for, for, um, for Bad Batch, you can make it, you give us at least 12 clear narrative episodes, you wouldn't have an issue. Four can be filler. That's fine. Yeah, three, I mean, fourth, three fourths. Three of the show needs to be consistent.
2: I mean, I mean that happened with Rebels under under Felony. Like we would have about seventy five percent of the episodes were really good. Like say, yeah. I don't, I don't remember if there was like eighteen episodes in this in some of the season one of Rebels, of Rebels. But
1: season one of Rebels was from episode one, from what I remember yep. through. I think it was like twelve episodes. Season one it might have been. Yep. Was consistently on fire. I loved se- season
2: two. Yep. Was so good. Like. Like my th- I think it was in the third season, there was like two or three episodes where it was like, whoa, this is a little weird. Like the whole like puffer pig thing with Lando and yeah. all that stuff. Like, like you you had some of those throwaway, like weird episodes. And and then um but for the most part, like that show, like if if they could hit that like 75 80% mark, we would be sitting on an excellent show, in my opinion. A very excellent show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think because because
2: we'll, yeah, we've yeah. seen the highs on this show so far, and the highs are really high.
0: Oh, yeah, I've said before that there's some of the best Star Wars animated episodes with that, that mid-season finale with the clones, uh, yep. with this previous episode with the crosshair. Every episode with crosshair is just awesome, usually. And, uh, Cody? Yeah, yeah, Cody and all that. It's it's just, you know, they, they want to have those fun adventure episodes, the day in the sun, you know, make on Pabu. And we've seen that Pabu played a role where they were going to, that's their base that they were going to try to be at if they didn't have to be soldiers anymore all, right. you know, all this sort of thing but, which you know
1: yeah, which, which that that was uh, looking back on it and i, I, I might have liked that episode i can't remember but that was a necessary episode because, because they're trying to set up what life could be mm-hmm. and you want the audience to feel for what these clones are going through and say oh my god there's potential light at the end of the tunnel which ties into them losing tech which is perfect because now they're th- now they're saying, well, we really can't do, we can't live the way we want. Because remember how they try to set it up? They went to Omega. Hunter said, we we're thinking about actually settling down at Pabu or whatever. Blah blah blah. Is that something you mm-hmm. want to do? She was like, well, yeah, sure. And this is after losing Tech. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, Sid turns on him, and it's like, oh, that's out the window now because yeah. now they're going to have to exact their revenge on Sid. Now you're thinking, oh my God, they just lost. They're, they're, they're light at the end of the tunnel because they're going to be absorbed by revenge yep. and, and, and trauma. Yep. And it's like that's a good way to set up the audience to think, oh, my God, they're losing something that was so close. yeah Even through tragedy, they were still thinking about that until Sid put you know put the icing on the cake by turning them in. And then they're losing Omega. He's like, we're going after her. We're not stopping until we get her back.
0: That's a well, so. uh, really good
2: point. Uh, I'll throw out there too, guys. like When we were in that scene before Sid – Like before the Empire showed up, I actually thought to myself, I was like, wait. I like paused the show. I was like, wait, what else is going to happen in this episode? Because I was like, we have a lot of time left. Like, There's no way (laughs) they're going to just end it here and they go to Pabu and just chill on the beach for the next... At
0: one point, I was like, maybe the show ends now.
2: Yeah, I know. That's what (laughs) I was scared (laughs) of. I was like, dude, we cannot end the series like this or end the season like this. Um, But I'm I'm glad they didn't. Uh, But yeah, like like we've been talking about, I just feel like this show, we had we had so many, like, we had so many lows, so many lows, and then there were so many highs as well. Like, even, even in last season, in season one, there were so, I mean, that was kind of like the vibe from a lot of that in season one. It was like we had a lot of highs and a lot of, like, really lows. So, like, this year, it's just, at least I feel like the highs are getting better, and then, um... Yeah, I just I just I just really enjoyed the the really good episodes. And at least, you know, there were some like payoffs to some of the little things, even in the bad episodes, like the racing one with that guy that we all agreed, the the villain who sounded like the voice actor was really good for that dude. But the guy that gave the warning about Sid, like, at least that paid off eventually. So that was good. Um And yeah, I just I just thought the season overall as a whole I think for me, the highs in this season were better than season one. So for me, I think ce- this season's um, a li- a bit of a step up than season one.
0: Yeah, I I agree. There are a lot of good moments. I feel like season one was more consistent as a season with. You know, I'm about to say yes, I, I agree that with that. Tied up, but and I always say like, okay, it's great to have these like little character based episodes that we got in season two. Because they're fleshing out the character, so we care more. Like there was tech episodes in there because he died. Like they were trying to get us to care about tech before he passed away, and then that way we're like, oh, it really hurts now. But I feel like they could have taken that stuff further. I feel like they should have still made those character based episodes better in a way where they are more impactful. Because some of those episodes, Mm -hmm. like they ended, and I was just like, I didn't really feel much. Like it didn't really hit me. I know there was character development, but it. Wasn't a strong enough like individual story to get me to like want to watch it again. Where I feel like they could have done a better job that way.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, 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 th- I think they tried. I think they tried to, especially with tech. Cause think about it, though. Looking back on it, the, the scene whenever remember when Omega gets mad at him about how he's acting about yep. Echo leaving. Yeah, yep. I think that was an I think that was an opportunity. I think the racing was. I think they were doing it early now that I think about it. The racing episode, Omega Tech episode, yep. and obviously the conversations that we, they were having between Tech and that girl, Wanda Sykes character. I forget yeah, her name, see. like always. And how she kept flirting with him.
0: Yeah. No, no. Right so nice.
1: throughout, the, throughout the show, they were putting no seeds at yep. it. We just weren't seeing them. And they should have made it more obvious. Oh, I, yeah. I think his, and his, his death did pay off because we had that relationship with him. Since the last season of Clone Wars,
0: yeah. However, well,
1: I, it, it could have been more impactful. They would have made
2: it more obvious what they were trying to do. Well, I think the thing with that, though, Milton, is like so. The episodes that were more tech focus, for example, like the racing episode. Instead of making a racing episode altogether, just scrap that entire episode completely and give us an episode related to the Empire and still have it tech-focused where tech's having to do stuff, tech's having to help yeah. Omega, tech's having to... Like, like. I think if they would do something like that, it would make the episodes more impactful than just, hey, this is a throwaway tech, like, racing episode. Like, like, for example, in Clone Wars. Um, Clone Wars has so many good examples of, like, good character episodes that foreshadow things, but they're still, like, good episodes like for me one of the ones that i think that i always call back to with ant like foreshadowing anakin turning to the dark side is the whole scene the whole episode where even though it's just a complete little side mission it's with him and padme and when and with that other senator that anakin gets jealous with and he literally you know oh, yeah meets him up and was gonna pretty much kill him it seemed like yeah. like and you know and you even hear the the um the imperial theme like you hear the this this quiet beats of it like they put the beats of that in there even though that's a throwaway episode it foreshadows like anakin turning to the dark side like this tech episode though like the tech racing one it really just was tech just doing his thing versus like foreshadowing much of like much of anything right for his character specifically
0: yeah, yeah. so if I were giving Bad Batch Season 2 a score out of 10, I'd say I would give it a good 7.5. Um, it would have been much higher if those episodes that we thought were a little bit kind of unnecessary. That that turned out decent enough for the characters. I feel like they just needed stronger, a stronger yeah. approach for singular episodes, a little bit more oomph to them, kind of. Uh, so yeah, what about you, Ben?
2: Yeah, for me, um, I can agree with you completely there. I think... The highs were really good, and the lows were not great. Um, so for me, I just think that drew down a lot of my score for this season. I think it had a lot more potential. It at least did its job in exciting me for the next season. I'm very excited for season three versus, like, you know, season one into season two. I was like, man, I'm not excited whatsoever. But now I'm actually excited. I'm 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 excited for it because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like... You know, we'll we'll obviously probably get a trailer for it at celebration next week. And then I think we I mean there's a good chance we get Bad Batch season 3 next summer, next year. So um so there's that as well. So for me overall I'm excited for the next season and I think the season was a bit of a step up from season 1. So I have to agree with you Chris. I think 7.5 is a good solid score for this show considering the the lows that we had, I think seven point five is a really fair score. So I think you're muted.
1: And Milton. <laughs> um, I'd probably go seven. I think seven because I I know I gave some pretty low scores. For some of those mid episodes. Um, I would probably say seven. I think season one was more consistent. And we we did say in season one how it was very roller coastery at times, but it wasn't to the point where it was like season two. Um, I would say I think seven's a fair score because it, it it wasn't a t- the good the good good episodes made up for it. So I was like, okay, you're lucky you had what you had in there. If it if we if this the last three episodes are garbage, this probably would have been like four point five or a five. Well,
2: Mil- well, Milton, I remember before we got to the the middle finale with like the clones and Palpatine and all that yeah. stuff. I remember you were saying you were like. You literally said on here you were like if we have like two more episodes of these low episodes I'm done on the show completely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, I don't know. now, God. you know, and it got you back on board at least. Yeah, because they they got me invested the last 3
1: and even before that like the the island stuff. The island stuff was intriguing for what it was and I think they were just trying to say hey, this is what life could be and let's let's get the audience thinking there's light at the end of the tunnel when there really wasn't. So, fine. You that's how you build up a good solid that's how you that's good storytelling in the sense of like doing that. Now, did it help the narrative of what the empire is doing? No, but for what the audience needed to see, it was, I guess it was fine.
0: Yep. So there you go. That's our thoughts on bad batch season two episodes, 15, 16 and the season as a whole. So drop your comments on your scores in the comment section down below. And you can always interact with us online at our Twitter handles to get the discussion to continue but we are continuing the discussion here but on a different show in the star wars universe and that is the mandalorian season 3 episode 5 chapter 21 titled the pirate in which we have pirate king gorian shard infiltrates navarro and destroys most of it and that's when grief karga has to incite The help, unfortunately, to him of the New Republic, who aren't much use for them. And then he goes to, we have this character, Carson Teva, who goes and incites the help of the Mandalorians who go and claim their once defiled home. And in doing so, we get a really cool cameo from a little Star Wars animated show that we all love a lot here on the podcast. So getting into it, what was your first reaction your first impression to this episode, Milton?
1: I love the action, like like the Mando's are badass. Yeah, I, I I again I see it every week. when We get an action piece. This is really a, a streaming budget because I don't believe it. Because like the the way they do those Halo jumps looks so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, it's like like Obi Wan. You should have been using this money to make it look this good. Um, yeah, I I love the action. The action was dope. I love everything, Bo Katan is. Every time I see Bo Katan on the screen, whether it's with the helmet helmet on or off, I can't take my eyes off eyes off the screen because she's so hot. Like I, I would wife up Bo Katan if I could. Just saying.
2: Melanie, <laughs> um, when you were saying that I thought wife.
1: <laughs> dude, she's so hot, bro. Um I, I, I love the Mandalorian like culture. Now is it, is it obsessive obsessive at times? Absolutely. Can it be ridiculous? I'm sure it can be. But I love how they're playing it out this season. Now, is it dragon at times? Yeah, it is at times. Mm. This is where I, I will get negative. I mm. think with five episodes in, yeah. I, I love how we're now acknowledging like they're gonna retake Mandalore. We have to now bring Mandalore or Mandalorians together. This could have been pushed sooner. Like this the five episodes. there's only eight episodes in this season, and, and some of the fat could have been trimmed out. Yep. Yeah. But um, other than that, though, like, I like this episode. Now, Bad Batch was the superior episode, mm-hmm. again, in two straight weeks in a row. I, know, I keep saying like, that. Yeah, it, I, I in my opinion, I think Bad Batch has been really good the last two weeks compared yeah. to Mando. I'm not saying yeah. Mando's trash. Yeah, it's not. But Bad Batch, Mando's here, you know, just for mm-hmm. these last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I, I like the episode. It, it wasn't bad at all. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love the history that's being displayed in the sense of what the Mandalorian Mandalorians are. Where we could see them. I I love that they're talking about retaking Mandalore, and the Moff Gideon stuff. I would say that that's probably dragging the show right now. It's like, what the hell's going on with this guy?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. As far as what I thought about the episode. I thought it was a great episode to bring a lot of things together, bring a lot of storylines. A lot of us have been scratching our head in the first place, like why are we going to Coruscant with uh, Eli Kane? Why? Why is she important to anything? Mando's said well, now she's interacting with Carson Teva. Remember that guy? That was the guy that you know tried to pull over Mando in his Razor Crest. So it's cool getting like that that long running kind of plot line kind of intersecting back. Navarro, why the hell did we go to varro in that first episode well it's because of this now we're getting that that kind of ramifications there stuff with Bogotan, like all these storylines the, the melding of two mandalorian clans uh, or multiple at this point like ideologies differences the philosophy between new republic and ex-imperials and how they have to work together and how that animosity obviously is still there even like five six years later there's so many great uh, little things. I can't wait to dive in on this episode because yeah, uh, you know, I, I agree with Milton, like the season so far has not been the greatest. This is probably the weakest out of all three, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And there, there, we'll get into that probably as well. But I mean, the action has always been great. There's no problem there. I just feel like sometimes the story's missing a little bit for me. And sometimes yeah. the writing is like atrocious. If you ask me, I feel like, the dialogue is just so wooden sometimes from these actors. And it's, it's unfortunate because Jon Favreau is like doing every episode. Like I feel he needs a co-writer sometimes somebody to check, check the draft. I feel like he's handing in the first draft and they're just, okay, let's do it. Like, no, maybe you should get a couple more people to check, check your draft here. Because uh, sometimes I'm just like, really? Like Star Wars needs to be better than this. Honestly, I feel like, uh, and, and uh, of course, Andor, right? Like, I watched Andor, I'm like, I hate to compare it, but I, I can't say I can't compare <laughs> it anymore. Like, it's sometimes a night and day difference between performances and the writing. And I know they're two separate, like, genres and stuff, but still, just as a series, Mando sometimes sh- needs to be a little bit better than it is. I still really like this episode, but it's just a bone that I've been... Kind of made it, made the pick because it's just okay. Maybe John Favreau needs a little bit of help <coughs> like, writing. Sometimes he does great with building stories and building like world building, like yeah. George Lucas. But even George Lucas fell into the trap of controlling everything to the point where he's writing these scripts and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not even good at doing this." It's like, then why didn't you get help? Like some of the prequel stuff is the same thing with this. I feel like sometimes. Anyway, I'm you're not you're not
1: wrong. <laughs> and that's the thing. And it's not like here's what's funny is, though, it's not like he doesn't have the people there to help him write this stuff. He's got some of the best directors in the business right there that can help him write some of the stuff. I mean, it, it's Lucasfilm. You can hire any writer on the planet to come help you co-write something. So, right. Like, I think I think, you know, sometimes you are your worst enemy. We've all all heard that phrase, and first, we've been fortunate enough to have three really, really good seasons of Mando. This one, I would say, probably has been the weakest season thus far, and that's not a negative. Yeah, yeah. It's just just compared to the other material, Yeah, this has been the weakest season. Yeah. And and I I think you're right. I think some of the, the... some of the narrative has been dragging due to some, due to the writing and how people are just being, let, you know, let me tell you, certain characters,
0: all so. right, let me, let me tell you the most egregious one, right? Okay. So buckle up. So we have Carson Tava, who's traveling around a galaxy. First off, he goes to the base and we'll talk about the cameo. I, I could talk about that for a while, but we'll get there. Then he goes to Coruscant and he's, has this cool back and forth with Lya Kane and this requisitions officer of the New Republic. Then he goes, and he somehow magically realizes that, oh, R5 is on this planet and I could track R5. When the hell did he find R5? Like, how does he even know that R5 is alive or or functioning for a droid? Because the last we've seen him, he blew a motivator over there on Tatooine. And then it's like, now we're learning this season he was part of the Rebellion. But how does he even know he's there? Like, that's what I mean. Like, some stuff like that that I know sometimes with Star Wars, you just got to kind of leave your brain behind sometimes but still i mean come on like this is some of that stuff is just a little bit too much for me so like that (laughs) was the one it's it's too convenient yeah it's it's too convenient yeah yeah, that's
1: that's what you're trying to say it's too convenient you know it's too it's too perfect it's kind of like how i feel about ray she's way overpowered (laughs) in the sequel trilogy just saying
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's oh why man why don't we have you chime in Ben? To, i know he's been taking a show for a few minutes here but oh no you're, you're, your first impression
2: you're, yeah you're good guys um no i was i was enjoying your your back and forth as much as the audience or our listeners yeah for me i loved the episode i thought it was really good i think um in regards to this season like as a whole i i think it is the weakest as a whole of course. Um, I do think I do think the Doctor Pershing episode of this season is better than any it's the best Andor episode of Andor I'll just say that. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. I, I'll, <laughs> yeah, just that, I'll just throw that I'll just throw I'll just throw that I'll just throw that out there. I'll just throw that I'll just throw that out there. That's better than any Andor episode. But anyways, mm, um okay. But anyways, when it comes to this season, I think the big point um and it's not even me like just being like a mando being my favorite star wars show it's i think the season a lot of us went into it with the idea that it was going to be like empire 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 versus like mandalore mandal you know mando and you know whatever else is going on but i really think their idea for the season is this whole retaking mandalore thing like retaking mandalore Um, the Mandalorians reuniting, etc. Like, I mean, I was kind of going into this season roughly thinking we were going to get a lot of Mandalorians. I was thinking the den with the waters thing was going to be stretched out through the whole season. So I was going into it, in my my head anyways, I was thinking we were going to be getting a lot of this sort of stuff, but now we're getting it in kind of a different way with the Mandalorians. So for me, this season's been working fine because it's like, hey, I'm just seeing like a different path they're taking down you know covering the Mandalore stuff because I was kind of expecting it I was expecting like a lot of the Mandalorian stuff to be more of the 1A versus the 1B or 1C slot to the Empire stuff. So I I'm not having an issue with it. I do think that um I think a lot of this season though has to do you know all the Bo Katan stuff it's all excellent. I think a lot of it has to do though They incorporated a lot of it for a lot of the general audience people. I really, really, truly believe that. Because it's like, if they're going to build her up to be this big character to reunite Mandalore, they have to do it under the assumption that the audience hasn't watched the animated shows. So how could you jump her from season two barely doing anything or like her just, you know, a couple of little episodes here and there in season two, obviously her one feature one. But, you know, her appearances in season two to being the leader of Mandalore without building out her character. So I really think I think on paper, anyways, I think the quote unquote Mandalorian in season one was Den quote-unquote Mandalorian in Season 2 was potentially Grogu. And I think the Mandalorian this season is Bo-Katan. Like, I think it's kind of like a moving title. And I really think this season is going to be culminating with Bo-Katan. Like, that's going to be the main... More of the main focus than Din Djarin and even Grogu. I mean, look, we barely got any Grogu in this episode. So, right. so it just... I think that's where they're going with it. To me, though, they should have conveyed it better in, like... Like I think if you're gonna go this route, for me anyways, this should have been the third episode, not the fifth episode. I do believe that. I think I think you slash down either the Pershing episode or you like somehow reorganize it a little bit and mash that one and the um, the next episode together and then you move this back maybe and make this the fourth episode or the third. Like, you know, I think this episode should have just been a bit earlier in the season to kick off more of the Mandalorian story. So I think I think that's a big part of it. And then, like, just overall with this episode, I think the action was really good. The, Of course, the action was really good. It always is. I like all the character moments with the Mandalorians, with Bo, with the armor. I don't know about you guys, but, man, I was, like, on edge. I was like, what is the armor doing when she was making her take her helmet off? I was like, are you just basically trying to, like, frame her? Like, I don't know, just do something? Because, you know, I, I still haven't got a good read on the armor, whether she has pure intentions or not. So... Right. It's just it's definitely an interesting thing but I really do believe I think that I think that's the big point like a lot of us went into this season thinking it could be potentially Gideon in the empire but I really think this season their angle is the Mandalorian culture is in my interpretation of it because if you look at all the episodes so far it hasn't been empire it's been mandalorians
0: right Yeah that's it's it's kind of a cool thing to talk about um or a thing to set up with like hey the Mandalorian is a generic term not specific; it could be literally anybody, but I think that's part of the charm of season one and two is a really good adventure that we know the importance of. Or it's like, okay, we have this this cute little alien that has a force, and we have to rescue it. Then we have to bring it somewhere in season two, yep. and that wrapped up like so nice with the end of season two in the Book of Boba kind of extended it, so it's like. I just don't think any of us are as excited with the current story. It just comes down to that. But it's, like, not our fault because they're not making it as exciting because, for instance, they they could have done so much more to build up Mandalore at this point. Like, why is Mandalore important? We don't really even get to, like, they could do so much more. Like, the last episode with, like, the creature episode with the, the darn bird and stuff. And, like, they had so many moments where, like, they could have been at the campfire, like, embellishing, like, the history of Mandalore or... Why it's important well, to them? Explain right. their culture that, and stuff. And there, there's Chris, like none of that. I'm like, what is? Well, so well, who cares?
1: See, yeah, that's Chris, I agree with that. I agree with that point because here's the thing. You know, we all know if if you here's a perfect way to tie in the Clone Wars into the show. We you know obviously Satine, which is Bo's sister, and like you could easily do flashbacks with with Bo Katan about. Her time of when she fought against the well, when she was on, she was on Death Watch or no? She was, was she with Death Watch for what I remember? Yep.
2: Um, yep.
1: Yeah. So you you can do flashbacks of Death Watch of when she was fighting against Obi Wan. You got Ewan McGregor still around against Anakin Skywalker. You got Hayden. You, yep. you can bring those guys in to shoot some flashback scenes of her of her journey currently. Oh, it's like how it was going with she, what she was in the past and how like its conflict of her and like how she's getting this trauma and how she lost her sister and how she lost her home planet like oh my god chris chris is making such a good point if you want to build that up and build that character's up storyline up do the flashback version of it you have all the actors that can do the scenes you'll in live see, action
2: form see that's the that's the thing where i think they're weak on uh, i think i think there's you know they're trying to take the fine line of like going between like the general audience and the hardcore fans. Mm-hmm. So like you know they're trying to like in the present day they're literally trying to build in my opinion like I mentioned in my in my opening um, monologue um, they're trying to build Bocatan's character up and up and up to be this the big ruler of Mandalore by the end of the year. They're trying to do that for the general audience, but also in the same breath they're expecting the general audience to know the history of these characters of the mandalorians you know like you mentioned milton with the clone Wars stuff so it's like it's like what are we doing here are we are we going to like like i don't know they're just trying to juggle too much i really think mm-hmm. because it's like are you are you trying to build up it, to me it's totally fine if you want to build up bo katan's character in the present day that's fine if you want to do that because you know the the general audience, mom and pop, never have seen Clone Wars in their life. So yeah. you know it's fine if you want to build Bocatan that way. But if you're going to do it that way, you need to include more of that historical stuff. Just a little bit more, like maybe like five to ten minutes more dialogue, mm-hmm. talking about that stuff. That's that's where that stuff comes into play because like it seems like they're juggling between the general audience and the hardcore audience, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like. It's like what? What do we want? Like, or what are we doing? Like episode to episode, it's like, are we are we going from the general audience, the hardcore general audience, hardcore? And I do think another weak point. Um, not even really. I mean, in this episode specifically, because like I mentioned, we haven't seen it much. But I think you know, I, I've always been a person to joke about like the Grogu stuff. Like, oh hey, more Grogu the better, you know, whatever um, that sort of thing. But I do think this season is lacking um like grogu cute just moments that we we've gotten in the past with them from season one and season two like sure you know i've seen i've seen other people say like oh hey like you know we don't need like all this grogu yeah, blah blah yeah, blah blah yeah. blah but the thing is for a lot of people they love tuning into star war into into the mandalorian to see what's grogu gonna do next and so like i do think mm-hmm. they're lacking on just grogu doing stuff
0: yeah i i <laughs> They got to do something fast that, because I, I can actually see a lot of people falling off of the show after this season. Um, I've, I've seen people watch the first premiere episode this season and say, I'm going to just wait until it's all out. Like, that's not yep. good. <laughs> like, like this show mm-hmm. used to be a must watch every Listen. week, and I've found so many people now that are just like, I'm tapped out. Like, I'm just going to wait till I can just binge it all, you know?
2: If I, if I wasn't doing this podcast
1: with y'all, I'd probably wait, too.
0: Mm. yeah
2: i mean i mean the viewership i mean it was higher on the premiere i know that but but yeah like i just think i don't know it's definitely an interesting thing with this show um just to see where they're going i mean we have three episodes left as well so we have next week that's for the self.
1: thing though we have next and that's week.
2: what well and that Go goes on. back to my point
1: about what's been weak to me is the moth gideon stuff he's mm-hmm. mentioned he's been mentioned what four or five times yeah over and it's like and and it's not like Giancarlo Esposito, some nobody actor. Yeah, like, I, I'm tired of hearing about him. Put him. I want to see his face. I think he that, was a critical part of season two.
0: I I honestly don't like the decision, and it's too close to really tell because we haven't seen it. But I really was looking forward to seeing him on trial. I know it might sound boring for exactly. some people, but I wanted to see like a person being put on trial and have like mon mothma there and leia and like grilling him on like the imperial remnant like and stuff happening because we never get a chance to see a villain like answer their crimes in star wars you didn't get to see the emperor you didn't get to see ben solo you didn't get to see anakin slash darth vader on trial those guys all just died it's like I want to see that cool stuff, like the courtroom, like just Star Wars stuff, and that got taken away from me, darn it, so I was a little bit no, bitter no, you're, on that. But,
1: you're, but Chris, you're absolutely right, though, like that, that's a perfect opportunity to expand Star Wars and to expand, you know, that type of Star Wars, I mean, because I love the politics of Star Wars, mm-hmm. like I know some people who are old heads, who are like, oh, no, that's stupid, I'm like, well, get over yourselves. You're the same people that worry about real life politics and that's stupid. So at least at yep. least Star Wars is somewhat, you know, at least, at least it's Star fictional Wars
2: politics. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's fictional politics where I get to see lightsabers, the force, spaceships, and blasters. Okay. In okay. So <laughs> Bo Katan, facts. Woo. Um, um yeah it's like you're right that's a that's a great opportunity for us to see a great actor in that scene because you know he'll cut a great monologue about how much the empire is the best thing ever and that
2: the new republic's trash like that's amazing but we wasted it i i honestly think with that with gideon i think the way now that i'm seeing how the season's unfolding especially so the way this episode ended like as as we mentioned like Gideon broke out, like we we talked about that. Like Gideon, or Gideon got help breaking out, and you know there's Beskar there. So the thing is,
1: know, I who, think I
2: think that's a setup. Who, yeah. yeah, who broke yeah. who broke him out for one, for two? Yeah, it could be a setup. Of course, like you said, um, um, it could be a setup. I'm thinking along the lines of though, I think he's going to have some of his Mandalorian loyalists. Like, when he possessed the Darksaber, hmm. I think it's going to be some of those people, potentially, oh. that are that are breaking him out. Because, you know, and maybe it's some of Bo's people. Because, you know, Bo's... I mean, Bo literally said her people left her and are, like, working through the galaxy's mercenaries uh. and stuff. So there's potentially some of them, maybe. And then, I don't know. I just have this weird feeling. It just seems like the only way Gideon could have got the Darksaber from Bo-Katan, like, I just keep going back to that. Like, I just can't get over that. The only way he could have gotten the Darksaber from her, unless, like, I don't know, the Empire had a gun to her, or a blaster to her, or a blaster to, like, someone she loved. Like, the only way she would have given it up is if he would have defeated her. Like, it's either, how could he have defeated her in combat, for one, but for two, was he a, was he a foundling at some point? Like, was he a Mandalorian that left the Mandalorian way to join the empire because we've seen that with Gar Saxon, you know, in, in, um, in rebels. So like my thing is, was, is, is Moff Gideon going to be kind of like our live action Gar Saxon type thing Mm. where it's like, he is going to be like a Mandalorian? I mean, this could be like a mega stretch, but, but like, I, I, I just don't know where else we could go with the, the dark saber thing. Like, because we have to have some type of answer as to how he got the dark saber from Bo. And my my only thing with that is is what if he's a Mandalorian and he took it from her? Maybe that's why. Like
0: Yeah, so there's that perspective. What what perspective are you thinking about Millen from who what what's going on in this situation? With Moff Gideon?
2: With the breakout.
0: Oh, yeah, some like I, it's some it, it's got to be an
1: inside job. It's somebody that we know of or we've heard of. Let me like because there's no way the imperial remnants or quote quote unquote the potential first order that we know is coming would have done it because again they're too busy on the outer rim in rebuilt you know um so and and he, well and I will say a good part about this this particularly that ties into Gideon is what the new Republic pilot was saying he's like, there's something out there. Like something the empire is reforming which i love because we all know that's true and everyone else is like oh no the empire is done I'm like they're they're away which is what i love about leia in the uh what's the book that they did with the bomb the napkin bomb bloodline a yes where she was like something's going on out there so we know leia and and some of the remnants of the new republic saying hey the empire ain't going away um so again, like this is where I think they're missing certain elements of hey, okay, is Moff Gideon a part of this new potential first order, well, or, or is he, or is he out doing his own separate thing?
2: Well, Milton, I think I I meant to bring up too um on my point and, and to go along to go along with yours. I honestly think the way they're doing this season, guys, like of course you you have the grand scope of the season, but I really feel like the way Favreau's writing this season. He figured out the finale in the final two episodes. Like, he's writing backwards. I really think he's just filling in the puzzle pieces. Like, I think that's how they're doing a lot of this writing on this on this season. Like, cause it just feels like they're just fitting in like slot, 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 slot leading up to the finale. It feels like they're kind of working backwards from it. Um, the Avengers, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the, like the,
1: the build up to the Avengers of Star yeah. Wars of, of yeah. uh Mandalorian.
2: Yeah, I mean I mean that's pretty much. The direction i saw one wild theory on twitter i was like man that's like a one percent chance of happening because you know um we'll get into the zeb cameo at some point but you know with all this these rebels connections what if it's sabine like breaking out gideon to interrogate him about Thrawn potentially like i saw that and i was like man that's i think that's a tiny tiny chance of happening but it would be interesting
0: You're muted chris yep i think it's actually going to be thrown because or not because i think it's possible because that's the sort of thing he would do like deception planning mm-hmm. evidence and then having the new republic go against the mandalorians which in doing so is going to help him out because if he's trying to retake the galaxy then you got these other forces that are just fighting each other they're not going to pay attention to the other guy out there that's starting to settle like these outsider planets and take over. So seems something that he would do brilliantly. All right. No, good point. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, I I could, I could easily see it being that, um, there are just so many options and it's just like, man, we have three episodes left. Like it's, it's like, I wish this was the third episode of the season. I really do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as the cameo, the big Zeb cameo, yep. what was your reaction, Milton, when you were watching this?
1: Eh, it was okay. It was cute. I mean, like, it, like I, look, I know you were excited because I did watch a video about it. I uh, am sure, I saw the people post about it on, on their social medias and whatever. It looked good. Like, it yeah. looked like Zeb. It sounded like Zeb. Um, I saw the other cameos of... Uh, John Favreau, <laughs> not John Favreau, uh, um, Dave, Dave Filoni and Deborah Chow and those other people there too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, it was cute. It was quick, so I'm glad it was quick. It was, was it necessary? Not really, but, but it was it,
0: cute. Yeah, I thought it was so cool it, I mean, it looked,
1: He looked good. Like I will say, now now I got to see him in person or real, in live action. I'm thinking, damn, like I can't wait to see these other Rebel characters in live action.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? Who would have thought that he would be the first one to get revealed, right? Like, it would have been so easy to throw a Sabine or a Chop. Well, actually, Chopper has shown up in Rogue One, but or a Hera, (laughs) even. But they throw the hardest guy in there, like the hardest to animate character. And a lot of people have also been saying, like, well, if they've done Zeb, you can do any alien now, any alien in any book or comic. They can make them canon now or make them live action now because look how difficult it was to make this guy, and they did it flawlessly yeah
1: he looked great i mean it's like and and again like you can you can make this work like you have we have the technology to make any alien yeah the aging technology it's (laughs) it's in there so there's no excuse to bring a character from animation live action now
0: i was just like my my jaw honestly was like like this like for a few seconds. like yeah like i i couldn't believe i was seeing what i was seeing because you see him walking behind him like and it was a cameo that was out of nowhere out so out of left field. like they just walk he just walks up and he's just talking and at first i was like oh it's just a, a lasat because they've done a lasat in live action kind of with star wars jedi fallen order uh you know. cal Kestis's master master jar to pal is is a, a lasat and and they use that same kind of look from that in this obviously high, higher res and everything else but yeah, and then he started talking, and I said, "Oh, that's definitely Zeb because it's Steve Bloom's voice." And then I confirmed that looking at the credits once again. I was like, "That was really him! Holy crap!" Yeah, I
2: I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was such a great cameo. It uh, it was that's a traditional cameo, but it, it makes sense for where they're heading with this universe because, as you mentioned, Milton, it's like the Avengers stuff. They're trying to build and build these characters out across these across Mando, across Ahsoka, across Skeleton Crew, and Boba to potentially like do this big crossover or this big event or wherever they're heading with it. So, it's cool that they added it in there. It's just a nice little cameo. They they did a re- really good job, like you both mentioned. that The animation, he looked excellent. Um, you know, hey, you saying bringing any any aliens now to live action? Hey, bring Dirge now. Um,
0: Seriously. But,
2: yeah, but... But, uh, but yeah, when it comes to him, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. Like, we have Zeb. I mean, heck, potentially by the end of this season. Because if you think about it, it'll be after Celebration. So it could get people hyped up even more leading into Ahsoka. Like, maybe we bump into more of the Rebels crew toward the end of this season. Maybe we bump into a Hera, Because, you know, we have... We have Carson Teva, like, who's to say, like, we get to the end, like, resolution in this season, and he goes back to the Rebel thing, and you have Hera and Zeb, like, the crew, like, gearing up to go do something, potentially leading into Ahsoka. So, like, I think there's a chance we get more of the Rebels characters, just because, you know, it's kind of to your point, Chris, like... You go for the hardest possible rebels character to animate. You don't animate the droids. You don't animate the. You don't. You don't bring in Hera or Sabine or any any of the other folks. You bring in the hardest possible one. So it just makes you wonder: Are they going to bring in some of the other ones now? Like like Sabine. I mean, Sabine's casted. We know who she is. Um, We have several other characters. I mean, we have Hera. We have all these other characters potentially. It's just like. I could easily see us getting, if we go back to some of those rebel scenes with Carson Teva, I could see him bumping back into Zeb, like if Zeb's gearing up for something or, um, you know, something along those lines, like happening just because it's like, it's kind of like the building up of the Avengers universe with, um, uh, what's his name? Like Agent Colson being around a lot of things. Like, you know, he's always in all these different things. It feels like they're starting to sprinkle in like the Rebels characters like this. You know, last year it was Ahsoka. This year it's Zeb. Like they're they're sprinkling these Rebels characters to build out kind of like your Mandoverse Avengers type thing, you know, where the characters are making appearances across these shows. So it's showing, hey, like you know these characters are going to matter like soon as we get into ahsoka Ahsoka's is pretty much going to be probably rebels season five you know <laughs> or you know for all intents and purposes it's probably heading in that direction so it's just yeah. like i think they're going to keep doing it and i think there's a really high chance i don't think it'll be in the next two episodes just because we're going to be dealing with like the gideon stuff and whatever else with the mandos but maybe by the end of this season we might get some of those other rebels characters appearing for you know something else because who's to say this zeb scene was the last scene zeb is included in
0: yeah so i like the idea that zeb is part of this uh rangers of the new republic because they literally say we are the adelphi rangers that's what he introduces himself as when he's talking to the mandalorian so i was like yes it's really neat to see him as a Y-Wing pilot. I'm just putting it out there. Usually it's the red jumpsuits. Not all the time that you do. I guess it doesn't really make sense. I can't see him fitting in an X-Way. I feel like Y-Wings have more space. And that guy's yeah. like freaking eight feet tall. So he's got to have some kind of specialized cockpit or something. But it was really neat seeing him as a, a, as a pilot for the New Republic. And I like the whole idea of this Carson Tiva Te- character. I really like how he is. I like that. the actor. Yeah, a great, great actor uh, from what I've seen so far of him. Uh, Paul Sun-Hyung or something like that. Um, no. Something like that. But him going out in his X-Wing, just like traveling the galaxy, kind of gave me a lot of like Rogue Squadron feels, especially as he's flying on Mando's worlds, like that Rocky Cannon with the X-Wing. Look great, by the way. There's such great visual effects um, coming from ILM. But yeah, overall, I just like the idea of him exploring and him just looking for the answers and having the tenacity to just go out of his way to do this. And he's gonna he's gonna be one of the leaders of the resistance or something. I feel like they're gonna retroactively throw him in there in the 40-year, you know, recut of the Force Awakens. You'll see Carson Teva there at the the, the <laughs> map trying to attack Starkiller Base in the background. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they would they would do something like that. I think I think with him gosh, I don't know about you guys, but man when he was investigating the Gideon stuff, I was like, man, I hope Carson doesn't get taken out right here cuz it yeah. felt kind of like spooky, you know? I felt like I thought it was going to be something out of like uh like aliens or something, you know? Like all of a sudden he just gets like attacked. Like cuz it was like, man, he's just investigating this this ship that got um broken into and everything. It's like I hope something bad doesn't happen here. Luckily, he made it out. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really liking his character and I can't wait to see where he goes because I feel like they, he, I mean, you know, I, I just mentioned about the rebels characters being like the, the, um, agent Coulson, but maybe Carson Teva is like our agent Coulson. Like what if he pops yeah. up in Ahsoka or skeleton crew? Cause skeleton crew presumably is going to be taking place out this way as well. Like, um, so it's just like maybe we're gonna get Carson Teva popping up here and there because he he might be our model agent Colson for this Mandoverse.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. I I, I like to connect the connective tissue. Yeah, that could be the character that goes everywhere. The yeah. Samuel Jackson of the MCU, you know, the, the Nick Fury of it all. But yeah. I mean i Yeah, you know, I was gonna transition to talk more about the battle. Um, everything happening on Navarro. I thought it was really odd how you have grief carga and like a whole bunch of citizens just like running out of the place, and they're perfectly fine, like walking around with no cover, just walking. It's like, what the heck is the purpose of the pirates? And do you think are they actually there by their own accord, or do you think they are being Ordered by the Empire somehow, Milton. What do you think about that? I,
1: I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, look. I, I love the battle. I'll say it this way: like I mentioned early, love the way it looked. How it was shot. Mando's a badass in the ship. Okatan can do no wrong when she comes to fighting. Um, I, I, my only pet peeve about this battle is that like. Reef cargo like now. Are that? Do they control the whole planet or just like that town?
0: Sounds like the whole planet. That sounds like the only thing on the planet is that little tiny settlement. Okay,
1: and that and that's where I was getting confused because like I'm thinking like, are they in control of the? Like, is it a town they're all in control of or a planet? It was just, I, it seems silly, and it's like okay, like and a lot of shows do this. They're like, oh, the planet or the town's being threatened. It's like fifty people. It's like come. Ah.
2: Well, yeah, Mildo, yeah. I, th- I think I think Carl, um, grief is kind of like Lando is because you know he said he's the High Magistrate of Navarro, so I think it's it's kind of like Lando being like the the guy for Bestman, kind yeah.
1: of. Okay, Very all nice. right.
2: So if that's the case, again, it was weird to me,
1: but I mean, it, I overall liked what I was seeing with that particular part of the sh- uh, the episode. Mm-hmm. The pirate, I don't like the pirate. He's kind of like he. A cliche villain, like, just, yeah. I'm glad he got killed easily, but get him out like of there
0: he's a
2: pirate in space, I mean, literally, like, like... yeah, get him out
0: but, no, no, like, sometimes it's good to have characters like that, right? And so no, you're right, that, you're right, you're right it's and, and fun, here's it's, the thing, it's cause like if, a serial type of thing and, that George Lucas would do yeah.
1: I agree, no, no, I agree, that's what I'm saying, he's that typical villain yep, yep, get him yep. out quick like he, get him out quick, yeah he wasn't, if they, they would have made him OP for some weird reason, I'm like that's bullshit, which is funny. because like you can't, you can't make him like powerful. Like he's he's very cartoonish on purpose.
0: It's funny no. because some people I think were rumored or, or just making connections. Like, oh, this could be the new villain for the Skeleton Crew show. <laughs> it's like so much no. for that idea as he goes crashing and burning into the side of the freaking mountain. <laughs>
1: Get him out! Get him out! And let's and let's be real here. And, uh, look, I, I have no idea what's going to happen with Skeleton, skeleton Crew. I've n- read nothing on it except for what you guys say. There's
0: nothing on it. Don't you worry. don't. <laughs> yeah,
1: you don't. You, you don't. You don't make that particular character the pirate, the villain, because you you can't really. You got to put an actor in there that's going to express uh... villain stuff. That's not the type of villain you use for that for that type of like main villain. Like he he's a throwaway. He's a C level villain
0: yeah i mean that, that makes sense right? I, i'd like the idea of his crew though like i like how much that john favreau and his crew leaned into this is literally the pirate i mean we're talking about the episode called the pirate they went all in on space pirates just from the way they were speaking kind of that piratey tone to the music yeah. the theme of that character sounded like something this is basically pirates of the caribbean because then you see like the people chilling like, just drinking all their booze and everything, just yeah. like half drunk. Like, this looks like a town in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh, X. Even the Undyne yeah. had like this cool headband and stuff. And it was just, yeah. they went oh, I like, I appreciate how they put that in there, all that kind of detail.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was typical cartoony pirates crap because. Literally, I told myself, I'm like, this is they're filthy. I'm like, I couldn't live yep. like this. Even even if I was a pirate, I'd be like, all right, this is too much. Like, can we at least, like, stop breaking stuff? At least, like, have something nice around here. All they're doing is breaking everything and drinking stuff. Literally, the guy was bringing out the food. He smacks it out of his hand. I'm like, are we in high school, yeah, bro? That, really. That's a good pizza you're with. Really. I was mad. I'm like, you're wasting food, bro. I'm yeah. hungry.
2: What are you
0: doing?
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm <like>, yeah. You- <laughs> I I really I agree with you guys. Like I, I really like the pirate stuff. Like I didn't mind it um this episode because like you mentioned, Chris, it's kinda like you know, fits your serialized villain of the week type thing. Yeah. And at the and at the end of the day, like for all these Star Wars shows, you know, no matter how much we debate like the overarching stories of any of these things, whether it be this or Andor or Kenobi or whatever, you have to have a villain of the week type episode every now and then because you can't have the galaxy hanging in the balance every week or it's going to lose that effect you know so I, i don't mind it um i thought i i i enjoyed the pirate stuff for what it was it also introduced um the stuff with the pirates this season anyways introduced some interesting things though going into skeleton crew potentially ahsoka like you know, them mentioning the pirate nation and like the you know that portion of the galaxy like it makes you wonder like some of our characters might run into those people and if we go more into this pirate stuff say if it's in Skeleton Crew for example please give us Hondo in live action like why not at this yeah. point um I think that would be really neat but uh but yeah it, it just it was really good it was a good action sequence I feel I think they did a good job with it and like you know, like you mentioned, Chris, like the townspeople running away, like, I don't know, were the Pirates' objective is just to, like, just to sh- destroy the city uh. and like, bear the people or something? I, I don't know. But but it just kind of... I think the cool thing that came out of this, though, was just seeing the Mandos all teaming up mm. in action versus the Pirates, even though... Um, I always want to say Carl Weathers, but Grief, like, mentioned they're outnumbered 10 to 1, basically. So you know, even though they were outnumbered and all this stuff, it was still cool seeing the Mandos, like, jumping into action yeah. like that. I really did appreciate that, because it was cool getting to see, like, Paz and Bo-Katan and Mando and all these guys like, jumping into the fight and, like, working as a team versus just being, like, this, you know, group of people hiding yes. in caves yes. constantly working on armor. Yes. So, like, yes. so, like, I thought that was really a good portion of it. Also, one thing I do want to mention, guys, like, um, we can jump back to this pirate thing. I'm not sure if uh, uh, if you guys had thought about bringing it up yet. But I thought one of the best parts of this episode, though, was when they were meeting and debating whether to go help out Navarro. Yes. Yes. I loved the speech. I love when Paz, like, took mm-hmm. over. Like, because I was like, man, are we about to have Paz just be, like, this grumpy dude again? Yep, I like, was really not because Because yeah. I was like, dude... Like, what is the, I was expecting, I was telling my buddy, I was like, man, I think he's going to throw down with Din right here or something. Like, I was thinking we were going to have a a little, little wrestling match. And then the fact that he, like, did kind of like the heel turn, I thought that was pretty good for his character. And it made me appreciate and like his character more going into this whole pirate fight. It gave me more stakes for Paz's character because it's like, you know, as soon as we went into this pirate fight, I was like, man, you know, they did this stuff with Paz. Is he gonna like get taken out by these pirates or something? You know what I mean? Because because you see that in shows where they do these emotional moments yeah. or whatever to like kill him off, kill him off really quickly. So it was definitely good that they didn't knock off Paz. Um, but I really enjoyed that moment leading into the pirate fight.
0: Yeah, but uh, ta- talking, yeah, especially that, I like the I, the little detail of them using the Mandalorian like pincers or whatever, the hammer, the hammer they're tossing. Yep. Whoever has the hammer speaks. I like that idea. And yeah, that subjection, you know, suburb of expectations for Paz. Like he starts off and you're like, Yeah, I was a little like this, just my hand over my forehead, just like shaking my head, like, oh, this guy's gonna ruin it all. They're not gonna be able to help and and all that. But yeah, it was great to see him pointing the facts like, hey, Bo Katan, save my kid didn't say help save as well. These are good people. Let's reclaim our homeland. And the idea that they're going to be out of the shadows, into the light. And just seeing, I think this sequence was built up to just show how great and adept at combat the Mandalorians are, especially... Um, utilizing each other's helps. It was it was basically like the, the Marines going in and just wiping out the, the, the special forces going and wiping them out because they're all like little squads just like taking them out. Like the most trouble oh, I loved was it was like the E-web, E-Web. And then the armor just took the guy out anyway. And it, it, it was funny because like at the moment it's like, dude, you're firing a gun. Don't you hear like three of your comrades just like dying behind you? But he didn't care. He was having too much fun being drunk and just trying to kill as many Mando's as he could. He was like, Oh, well, I guess I'm gonna die this way, and he just gets thrown off the thing. <laughs> but overall, yeah, phenomenal, and I, and I like, I like a good Star Wars sequence where we have a fight going in the sky or in space, and a fight going on the ground, intercut between the both. And I thought that was a really good job by the director to be able to seamlessly kind of go back and forth, um, and have the things affecting each other, and and just yeah, it was fantastic.
2: Well, here's something to throw out there too. I saw um. People point out this the director of the week. I am, I'm forgetting the hit the name, but it was the first time they it was like the first or second time they directed live action. It was like one of the it was like a it was a live action debut, I'm pretty sure, for them in terms of um, wow. TV. So I thought that was um, really well done. But but yeah, I think I think the direction, like the way they did the action sequences, I thought were done really well. Um, and then like. Yeah, I just I just thought it was done really really well. Like overall, like you know, you, each character got their moments. Like Den, Bo, Katan, the armor, Paz, everybody. It also makes you think. Like the more I watch this season, I'm not sure about you guys, but the more I watch this season, I really think I've seen a lot of people point out. Oh, we're not getting a lot of Denjar in this year. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. I I honestly think a lot of that has to do with him not being there like him filming the last of us and be like hey i have this time you know i really think the last of us has something to do with it i really really do um so i think that's another reason the way they've gone about um doing things for this year but uh but yeah i liked that that he even got in some action on this this episode that was nice and uh yeah it just it just was a really fun episode like that was just traditional like mandalorian action and, uh, yeah, I think it's just, it's kind of like your test, um, you know, you see it in wrestling, Milton. Like, it's kind of like your, you know, you have your your little warm-up match before the big match. And I think this is kind of like their warm-up before they're facing, like, Gideon and his crew, is what I'm, a, I'm kind of, like, comparing it to.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what excites me now is we have basically... Seen everything in the trailers that I'm aware of, so now just anybody's guess what these next three weeks are going to hold for us here. Mm-hmm. So let's break it down. Let's give our scores and final thoughts out of ten. I'll throw this over to Milton.
1: Yeah. Uh. Overall, this was a good episode. I. I. Again, I will say it again. I thought Bad Batch was the superior episode mm-hmm. this week. Again. Um, I like the action. Probably, probably my favorite part was the action, and seeing anything with Bo-Katan is just all that and bag of chips. Um, it had its weak points. Part of the episode, overall, within the story, drug at times, but I, I, again, hopefully it pays off these final three episodes. I mean, it better. We only have three episodes left. Um, so I like the episode. I love the music, love the action. Visually, it looked great. I love seeing Coruscant. I thought the um, the Ranger part, talking to the officers, was kind of weak. I think we talked about the dialogue within that. So overall, though, this episode was a good solid 8 out of 10.
0: 8 out of 10 from Milton. And yeah, I agree with you. I think Bad Batch the last three weeks has been better for me (laughs) it's been it's been crazy i keep telling i I keep keep telling ben to kind of annoy him like hey bad batch was better this week just kind of pressing your buttons like oh here we go again (laughs) but um yeah i mean everything with this episode was a good setup episode but a good episode that tied things together but still gave me some really good entertainment and it, it pushed things in new directions subverted expectations with bo katan getting the ball moving, getting the characters where they need to be, but also giving us glimpses at things that could come in future series like Carson Teva and like Zeb. And so just phenomenal stuff in that regards of you know pushing this story forward, but also maybe building other stories around that. So I got to, excuse me, give this an 8.5 out of 10. What about you, Ben?
2: Yeah, for me, um, I love this episode. I do think, I do think, You know, a lot of people say the Bad Batch episodes may have been better to a degree. But that's just because we've had such low expectations and the show's been so, so bad. And like Mando's expectations are much higher. I think that's that's the big reason why for that. Um, But for this episode, I do think it was the best of this season, though, so far. I think, you know, you got some of your Mandalorians working together. You got your action. You got some good stuff with all of our main characters for the most part. You got good character development character developing moments for side characters such as Paz. It also makes me a little interested to see down the road, since we've gotten these little pieces building up with Paz, I feel like he could be a character. Maybe Moff Gideon kills him off. Like now that we've got a little bit of an emotional connection to his character. Like maybe he gets taken out. Um, so I think there's potentially stakes down the line for his character. And then of course, you know, just overall, I thought the episode was fun. It was a fun good episode and then zeb you know can't we can't understate it enough like the importance of that cameo just because it's expanding the mandoverse it's expanding star wars as a whole in terms of bridging animation to live action this shows right here as milton pointed out earlier this shows you there's no excuse like you can't say animated to live action isn't a thing anymore because zeb's character transition from animation to live action was seamless in my opinion um so I think with all of that, and then of course like the Carson Teva stuff, it's getting really interesting with him, and then just I'm interested to see what happens in the coming weeks with the Gideon type of stuff. Um, yeah, so we have, we have a lot to look forward to, I think, in these final three episodes, so for me, I would have to give this a 9 out of 10.
0: Alright. Cutting it even with Bad Batch this week. You got a 9 out of 10 for both. We got... Yep. Uh, what was, what'd was? you give it, Milton? Would you give it like an 8? 8. eight. Eight and then an 8.5 for me. So we're running the gambit of the higher scores on this episode. We both really enjoyed it as well. Reading Oop. off our chat. Sorry, I haven't been able to keep up with chat as much because I've had tech issues where every time I tab over to the chat, it automatically takes our, our images or our, um, video feeds down for some reason. I think it has to do uh, with the Windows update. But anyway, we have a nine out of 10 from Dark Nerdy Gonzo. For me, best episode of Mando season three so far. Still bad batch wins this week. We have Timbo Toys joining us, and we have uh, let's see, we have Peter Griffin, uh, family guy, uh, fan. I'm guessing we have Chris Forsyth <laughs> in the chat. So, yeah, thanks for everybody for jumping in, Alex Elkins, Christopher Weber. We had a very active chat tonight, and uh, well, what we can do is in three weeks' time join us once again for our breakdown of Star Wars celebration because that's what we're going to be talking about. A lot of information is going to be coming out a week from now, or a week from now is when all the madness will begin. By this point, you guys will have already heard all the news. In three weeks, it'll be the finale. Oh. Of Mando. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I guess, well, geez, why can't (laughs) Lucasfilm just give us a week to breathe, man? Seriously, it's like, we got celebration and a freaking finale episode all in one episode. I guess, uh... We'll have to start early that night or something. Well, probably not, but you know, we'll just kind of keep it concise, and we'll have plenty of more time after that. Oh wait, no, we won't, because then we'll have Vision season two to talk about the next week, and then we'll have Jedi Survivor to talk. About. It just doesn't end. This is this is what happens. This is this is the new state of Star Wars here. So yeah, we'll we'll get to the stuff. One we can get to it. Uh, Timbo Toys is now giving it a nine out of ten uh, for me for Mendo. Okay. Alrighty then. So I'm gonna. Have the people find out where they can follow you, Milton, and what you're going to be up to.
1: Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at MiltonWeber7 or Instagram at Milton7Weber. Um, this weekend, I'm celebrating my brother's birthday tomorrow, so we're doing dinner with uh, my brothers and sisters. It's going to be fun. And Sunday, just uh, just relaxing, getting ready for the upcoming work week. I've been, like I said, I've been sick, so hopefully I can just relax this weekend and recover and just try to feel better, but other than that, just keeping it simple. Probably get a workout in and just relax. Honestly,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- that's that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing this weekend as well. Just a lot, you know, working out. Um, happy birthday to your brother, Milton. Hopefully, you guys have a really good day tomorrow. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. The birthdays are always a great time. Um, yeah. For me, it's it's going to be kind of similar minus minus celebrating any birthdays. It's going to be just kind of working out, chilling. Um you know, just that sort of thing. The typical, the typical weekend for me, like continuing my diet, continuing um, just that fitness grind and talking Star Wars. And just think, guys, we are literally a week away from potentially like, you know, this time next week, we will potentially have had Star Wars movies announced, you know, these other big show announcements, potentially an Ahsoka trailer, like all kinds of things next week. So, you know, we're literally seven days away from awesome news hopefully and chris will be there for all of this but you can find me talking about all of this news at real ben maynard on twitter and then you can follow me on instagram at real ben maynard as well i just i usually try to post my workouts and stuff i haven't lately i've been mainly just sharing more like funny instagram reels and things but yeah you can find me on those social platforms
0: <clears throat> heck yeah and uh just follow me here on the youtube channel youtube.com I will try to see what kind of content I can get out. I can't promise anything simply because I'm going to be in a foreign country. Um, and I'm not going to probably have much data on the phone without, you know, going over. If I have Wi-Fi, that'll be a blessing, I guess. But we know how those convention centers can be, especially when you have like 40,000 people all trying to get on the Internet at once. It's never the most <laughs> reliable connection. So, you know, as I said off the top, I'm going to have that video of the panel that we're going to be doing. Um bounty hunters, smugglers, and gangsters, a scum and villainy through the years. That'll be happening over on the fan stage. If you are in England and you are at the convention, uh, we're going to be on the flyer. Go find us wherever that stage is. Third floor, I believe. And uh, other than that, yeah, I'll be just uh, gallivanting through Europe, through uh, Amsterdam, and through Berlin, Germany. So uh, it's going to be quite a thing to experience. And hopefully it all goes nice and smooth. (laughs) That's the main thing. That's the main thing, and yeah, uh, yeah. it'll
2: be a, it'll be a blast for you and everybody there. I I can't wait. And then, um, you know, just for any of our listeners here in the final portion of the episode, keep in mind this coming week for celebration for all the celebration days. If you're wanting to keep up with the news like live as it breaks, most likely it'll be five a.m. or six a.m. East Coast time because they will be about five hours ahead of us, five or six hours ahead of us
0: yeah so the panel for the the one you're all gonna want to watch the one where most of the news is gonna come out is on friday at 11 o'clock british standard time whatever so that yeah so be prepared to be up at like six (laughs) o'clock for if you want to know the to the second details there might be a trailer out then who knows uh i wouldn't make any promises on that though because what happened last year is they didn't stream a darn thing from that opening panel so if it's anything like last year don't go expecting to see it, but maybe just see some tweets about some updates, and that's about it. Yep. Yeah.
2: That's the best way to do it. And then just if you uh if you're dying to find the trailers, just keep refreshing Twitter because sometimes they leak yeah. and then they get then they get taken down quick. Like last year I saw the Ahsoka trailer. Pretty cool. And then it was taken down like 10 minutes later. So, you know, you want to be on the social on Twitter when these panels are breaking because if there's a trailer, it's inevitably going to leak. So just keep that in mind if you're wanting to find the trailer.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, <laughs> with that further ado, this is the longest we're going to go out an outer room transmission episode for probably until the next time something's overseas. Because I never take two weeks off in a row. So here we go. So you are going to see us in three weeks time to talk about celebration to talk about the Mandalorian season three finale and everything else that has happened in the next two weeks so looking forward to it it's been fun here thanks for everybody for joining in the chat until next time that's gonna do it for Outer Rim Transmission episode 102 thanks for being here and transmission